And now our feature presentation, Imitating Art with Don and Chuck. Hey. <clears throat> hey everyone, and welcome to Imitating Art. I'm Chuck. I'm Don. And here at Imitating Art, we like to watch and review and dissect movies, see if they have any life lessons worth learning, applying to our own lives. In a few minutes, we'll be talking about I'm Thinking of Ending Things, the Netflix movie from Charlie Kaufman. Until then, what have you been up to, Don? Well, I'm glad you asked. Uh, I have been doing a lot of skiing and hiking and spending time in the cold, cold snow. Uh, and it's been great. It's, I mean, I chose to do it. I wasn't forced to do it. Mm-hmm. I had to remind myself that some days when I was in the bitter cold, but... <laughs> But uh, yeah, we had a lot of fun, and uh, New Hampshire was beautiful as always. Um, yeah, we had a really cool Airbnb that was just like a big house, and you know we had room to spread out, played games, lots of Catan. Uh, so it was nice. Um, yeah, it was it was good to be back amongst friends again. So mm-hmm. uh, and it's good to be here. I'm actually in the same building as you while we're recording this. Yeah. Uh, How about you? I, I can still mildly hear you over my headphones too. Um, oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We'll, <laughs> I don't hear you. We'll make do. Um, well, obviously, I haven't been doing too much other than uh, Alex and I are watching Modern Family mm-hmm. since they put that up on Hulu. Uh, yeah, fun, funny show. I don't even know what else to say about it. I think most people know yeah. about it at this point. Yeah, it was really good. I, I mean, I, I remember how much I liked the first few seasons, uh, or probably like the first six or seven seasons, actually. Mm-hmm. And then I just kind of fell off for quite a while, and uh, there's a, quite a backlog from what I need to see still. Yeah, that that's about when I stopped watching it uh, the first time through as well. So I'm, I, and I've been meaning to watch the remainder of it for a while. So I, I was glad that they put it up on Hulu. Yeah, I have I haven't Hulu. But I do one day want to go back and uh, watch, definitely watch some of their older older episodes. After seeing just a few recently, I'm uh, intrigued to to go back and you know remind myself of how funny a show that was. Yeah, it's it's really good stuff. Like it's it's really clever and well, well written, well acted. It's just good across the board. Yeah. So. Yeah, anyway, uh, I kind of want to just get right into it because I feel like I have a lot to say about the movie. So uh, why don't we take a short, short break and then we'll be right, right back. Okay. Sounds good. Okay. been shooting the shit quite a bit outside of this so we don't really need to uh take the long breaks now <laughs> that's true unless you need to fix your hair for no, the podcast just, for just, the audio podcast just admiring it <laughs> mm. <laughs> and we're back and we're back so what did we watch this week don uh we watched i'm thinking of ending things uh charlie kaufman film uh is it a netflix original yeah it is correct yeah but really, what I meant is, what the fuck did we watch? <laughs> good point and good question. Yeah, uh, 
What did we watch? Uh, now that definitely, I mean, I was not in the Charlie Kaufman mindset when I started watching this the second time, so I had kind of forgotten to expect things to get weird. Um, and they really did. They got weird. Mm-hmm. I, I I almost don't want to recap it because there's almost no way to do it and no reason to do it. Yeah. And I feel like we would either miss something or misinterpret something. And I feel like it makes more sense to just kind of dive into some of the details. But suffice to say, it begins with a winter road trip to an old farmhouse in the middle of nowhere and during a snowstorm there is a family dinner at the uh, farmhouse and then there's a drive back and that's kind of the structure (laughs) of the movie but there's a lot of stuff that happens in between and there's some other stuff that gets cut to yeah it gets weird but I enjoyed it Uh, I, I don't think I actually enjoyed it I, I appreciate I appreciated it, but I don't think I enjoyed it. It's I mean, so it's a very challenging movie for sure, which yeah. I I don't mind at all. But I I didn't think it was necessarily f- fun to watch. Okay. Or like necessarily entertaining. It's more just like thought provoking. Yeah. Uh, like, I might have just been in the right mood for it when I watched it the other day because the first time I watched it, the first time I tried watching it, I got half an hour in and I was just like, I, I can't do this right now. So mm-hmm. I'm just, I just turned it off. And I turned it off before things started getting weird or really weird. Right. So I uh, did not, again, I didn't, know, I didn't know what I was getting into, but I was like, I was happily along for the ride when I watched it this week. Yeah. Um, like, I'm, I can't say that I'll never watch it again, but if I do, it'll be more to just look for more details and and things like that. Not necessarily because it's a a mood I want to be in or or anything like that. Um, I would watch it just to hear the recitation of that poet, that poem again, Mm -hmm. because I love the way she recites it. And I I love the poem itself, but I love the way she recites it. Yeah. And I love, so Jesse Plemons, once again, uh, shows up stars in this movie. Um, I, I love the way that he performs listening to it as well. Yeah, like, me too. Like the way it's just uh, hitting home for him. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Before they before they get there, uh, another uh, one thing I wanted to say about the opening of the movie is I love that the first lines in the movie is, uh, is uh, I'm thinking of ending things. And mm. based on the title of the movie, if you don't know, if you didn't know anything about it, which I didn't, um, I still like that that, phrase is still kind of unexplained or ominous like you don't really know what she's talking about when she says it like I didn't know if she's like talking about ending her life or if she's talking about ending her relationship so and like she kind of gets more into it shortly thereafter but they kind of leave that as an open question for a little while yeah um just from the title I assumed it was uh about ending her life but Alex assumed from the get-go that it was about ending a relationship. So, yeah. I mean, they don't explain most things in the movie. One of the quotes I enjoyed was that she says, uh, you can say or do anything, but you can't fake a thought. And that's kind of happening in in the car where they're talking. And he actually interrupts her thought. Like when she starts to think something, he kind of interrupts her as if, you know, mid, midstream as if she heard, if he heard her say something, mm-hmm. 
and that that was kind of like a, a weird little scene where it seemed like she 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 was clearly just staring out the window saying nothing and her her narration her thought just came in and Jesse Plemons was like hey did you what did you say something I thought I heard you say something mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and sometimes people just use that as a, like an excuse to talk or to like try to break the silent tension uh, somebody will just say what and then hope that that will start a conversation about nothing but that really seemed like he was kind of hearing her thought in that moment. For sure. Uh, I mean, that's how I took it. And it's Charlie Kaufman, so I didn't rule out the fact that he was hearing her thoughts right? Uh, in one way or another. But that whole that whole car ride scene getting there, it was such a long car ride. Yeah. And they let... I saw online that it's 17 minutes. There you go. 17-minute car ride. But they they let some of the shots linger silently or just awkwardly quite a few times and I really like that they kind of mimic the feeling of being in a car and like looking and like they kind of change the camera from the inside at the same angle looking straight on at somebody to just outside the window with the windshield wipers going over the snow so like you're just getting like that slight shift in perspective and they just did a lot of little things like that they they made the car scene more dynamic in seven you know with 17 minutes that I, that I might have ex- expect them to do. They didn't just go bounce back and forth from left and right to from one to the other to the wide shot. Hmm. I wonder. I guess I, I wonder if that would be considered like I forget what it's called, like French scenes or French scenery or French setting or something like that. But where you have like one setting, but you turn it into like multiple settings by using different areas for different things. Hmm. Uh, so like a movie like 12 Angry Men or something like that, that all takes place in one room. Mm-hmm. We'll have like different parts of that room where different action can take place <clears throat> to make it feel bigger. So I don't know if you noticed, but there were very few shots when they were in the car that at all gave the uh, the feeling of movement. Like, oh, yeah. Like every time. Definitely. I tried to look out the window. It just it felt like they were sitting still, and that they weren't yeah. moving at all. Uh, Definitely. Which other was, than the blowing, other than the blowing snow, there was no reference to movement really. Yeah, like there are a couple of shots where it's focused on her, and you can see like the trees on the side of the road out the window going by. Mm-hmm. But even that felt slower than I expected them to be moving. Yeah, literally any time they were shooting outside, like from the perspective of the passengers looking out the front window, there was it was literally just gray and some headlights on on falling snow up there. There was nothing else to, to give the impression that the car is moving at any certain speed. Yeah, like it, it, I just got the feeling that they weren't moving forward. Yeah, yeah, they were staying in place or they were driving through a dream or something. It was very, very kind of eerie, but... Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it, it worked well for the, for that scene that like a drive that feels like it could last forever. And, and I, I also like besides just the camera angles, they, they changed, they shifted the mood a lot on that drive. Like it went from the beginning where they were both, they were just kind of talking casually and happily and laughing naturally. But then like it really got into like that pensive looking out the window 
your mood changes quickly when you start just looking at nothing, you know, no scenery going by or when you're stuck in, in a car with, with somebody and you kind of run out of things to talk about in that moment and you're kind of just looking out the window and then your mood kind of changes and, and your, your thoughts shift to, you know, whatever thoughts you've been thinking of. And in her case, I've been thinking of ending things, mm-hmm. whether that means her relationship with him. Which it, it it tend you know it really seems like it is by the end obviously because she's saying he's a great guy he's really nice uh, but you know she she gives all the reasons for why they shouldn't be together event you know after after a little while and then she does you know kind of get in back into a conversation with him but it feels like the whole tone has shifted at that point like she's short with him and she like she kind of feels like she wants to just get back to her thoughts because he keeps interrupting her thoughts. Yeah. Well, I mean, she keeps changing tone throughout the entire movie altogether anyway. Very well. Very much, yeah. I mean, which is part of the point. So, I mean, so if you haven't watched I'm Thinking of Ending Things, there are obviously going to be some spoilers here, so I'm just going to go ahead and say it now. This is all pretty much just in his head, right? Or, Or you took that meaning too, right? That these are just I think like, that's definitely one of the possibilities and like the thoughts of a dying man essentially yeah kind of I have some other ideas about what it might have been uh, but either similar either, either way it seems like this is just not something that's happening in, in in real life right and so she's more representing ideas for his life rather than actual people. So she just, like, there's a, a lot of big tonal shifts for her in general. Right. Um, especially once they get to the house. Right. Um, well, but, I, and before they get to the house, I mean, there, there was just so much for me in that car scene where they, where the thoughts are being interrupted. It felt like, felt very straightforwardly metaphorical where sometimes you just want to finish a thought and like have your own breathing space and just be like, be able to sit there and go, I got to think this out, but then there's always something interrupting it, especially like, I feel like even more so with, you know, always looking at our phones and stuff. I feel like there's always the phone, you're always getting a a notification that's taking you out of your, your stream of consciousness. Mm -hmm. So he's always like interrupting her while she's just trying to finish figuring out why she should break up with him or why, you know, it's not, something's not working, but she's talking about like, idealizing people and it's just easier to stay in a simple in a relationship than it would be to break up um i don't remember if she says those, those exact words but she said something to the effect of that yeah why, why you know why would i leave him he's a nice guy he's nice to me he seems fairly smart he keeps up with me uh sometimes it's easier just to stay in the situation than it is to, you know once again one of the other major major themes we've talked about a lot of times is just like being okay to step into the unknown and to make a change. And that's kind of what she was talking about there of like, well, do I want to step out of what I know is comfortable and walk away from somebody that I know is generally smart and nice to me? Even though they've only been together six weeks. <clears throat> yeah. But, um, and she also says that she feels nostalgic about him, even though she doesn't know him that well. And there's something about being nostalgic for people that you've just met. Like you feel like you've known them a long time and I've, I've had that feeling for people before. I don't know if I have. But uh, to go along with what you were saying a minute ago um, about 
it's easier to just stay together than break up. She she does say later in the movie that it's easier to say yes than it is to say no. And, you know, thinking that you only have to say yes one time, but then one yes just turns into like a cascade of, of yeses that you don't want to give. Right. So, I mean, that's that same idea. Yeah. Yeah. I, I forgot about that one where she says, you just say yes to one drink and then you say yes to a dinner and then you say yes to moving in together and then you've yesed your way into a relationship that you don't want to be in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm heavily paraphrasing, mm-hmm. but you know, it's, that, that's the idea. I, it's much easier to paraphrase this movie than to quote it. <laughs> yeah. Even though I love the dialogue. Um, yeah. The dialogue is great. I mean, the dialogue is mostly what drives the movie and, and her, um, her, I keep saying her because her name changes throughout the movie. Lucy's uh, Lucy's response to Jake is so great, and like it, she's like exhausted by what he's saying before he even finishes. Mm-hmm. Like she starts to respond, like she's always like heavy sighing with her answers, even if it's something innocuous. When she's if he just asks, "Do you want to listen to some music?" and she's like, "I don't think we need to," you know. I, I, I love just the way she plays that exhaustiveness and I really didn't know how to read it because it seemed like they were happy in the beginning and it seemed like they were having a fine conversation. But then she jumped into that poem that she says she wrote. Right. Um, but that might be a misremembering from whoever's mind we're in. <laughs> right. And that poem is wonderfully sad and just incredible. Yeah. I, I'm not a big poetry person, but I did enjoy that poem. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> because, I mean, it didn't really, I, I tend to like poems that don't really feel like poems. They feel mm-hmm. either more like stories or just like thoughts. They don't feel like uh, flowery metaphors about something, you know? Right. Uh, so, you know, like Bukowski, people like that. Yeah. And But this poem reminded me of just that kind of poem where it's definitely just this is my strong opinion about this and I just word it nicely. Uh, yeah. I mean, it really felt like you were in, I mean, fittingly, maybe it felt like you were just in someone's head while they were experiencing a feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just great. And that kind of, that makes me think a little bit of the, the dinner scene where they're talking about what Lucy does with her art. Um, supposedly what Lucy does yeah. with her art. Um, what someone, yeah, the, the, the character in this in this scene is saying that she does art that is uh, empty landscapes that refer to a feeling, mm-hmm. um, which is just, I mean, which is just great in general. Yeah. Um, and I like that the, the dad character cannot seem to understand, like he can't wrap his head around how you would have a landscape that is like a feeling. Yeah. Um, like how would you have a feeling if I can't see the person in there? If I can't see myself, then how, why would it feel like anything? Yeah. Um, but she mentions the phrase, I like to find uh, universality in the specific. And that's just a great phrase because that's like one of my favorite things where like we, we've talked about this before too, where you can watch something about it, such a specific event about something you have nothing to do with and you can relate to it so much because there's so much universality and like human feeling and emotion. It's just all the, all the details that change. Yeah. Uh, as long as it feels real on some level. Yeah. I will say yeah. That. Gen- genuine makes the difference. Uh, that 
I will say that that is one of the reasons why I felt like I didn't relate to this movie too much. Like specific mm-hmm. scenes and moments feel real, and, and like the way they act with each other. But as a whole, like it just felt a little too surreal for me to relate to. Other than so, <clears throat> when they get to the house, uh, I'll just read what I wrote. So they for, first of all, when they get to the house. They get out of the car and there's this like crazy camera angle where they look so to me, they looked so much huger than the car they were standing in front of. Mm. I don't know if you remember it. just, it looked no. off, but they also, when they go inside or knock on the door and go inside, Jake says, I, I'm, I'm here. We're here. Uh, yeah. which, again, that is just one of those moments that felt like real. Um, I also wrote, it's so hard to keep track of the philosophical ideas discussed in these obviously metaphorical conversations. <laughs> but um, <clears throat> so once they got into the house, I wrote down, uh, this movie is intensely creepy, creeping, lonely, quiet, stark, so much emptiness, tightly packed with large ideas. It looks how the human brain often feels. Uh, so and Your notes are a lot different than mine. So that's that's the way that I like related to it in that like I, it wasn't necessarily the characters or situations that I related to just like, it felt like human thought the, mm-hmm. the way that it was skipping around yeah. from idea to idea. Uh, with, yeah. With, even though there is a connective tissue, it still feels like a random smattering of thoughts uh, in one way or another. Yeah, and the whole thought thing is true also because as I noticed multiple times where they would just say something and they, like they mentioned the dog and as soon as they said something about the dog, the dog appeared. Mm-hmm. Like the dog wasn't around, but as soon as they said, we have a dog and then dog right there. And, and there were um, no yeah. clues that there was a dog there. There were no toys or anything. Right. Yeah, she even said that. Like I, I normally notice. Mm-hmm. It's almost like they forgot in the memory that there was a dog until they were like, oh, right, there was a dog. Yeah. So they had to put the dog in there afterward yeah it's like a like a dream almost yeah but that the house was just like it felt so cold when they first got there because it was you know it was only lit naturally from like the bright white light outside because of all the snow and Mm -hmm. it was just tinged blue blue and again it was just so quiet and empty that it, it felt really cold and then he lit the fire and then I wrote, uh, the warm orange of the fire uh, is in stark contrast to the chilly blue and whites, but the fire makes the house feel colder by comparison because even though he lit this like orange warm fire, everything in that room still just stayed like the same cold blue tint that it had to it. Yeah. And I felt like uh, it had this feeling that there's a fire there, but I wasn't getting anything from it, which just made <laughs> it feel colder. And I'm sure there's some metaphor in there too. Uh, I'm sure. Uh, um, I I also noted that since it's Charlie Kaufman, uh, you know he's insane, but intentionally so, and just every everything feels like it's extremely intentional, and but he doesn't care whether or not the audience necessarily gets it. He just wants it to be there to tell the story in his way. Right. But yeah, so I'm I'm certain it's intentional. Um, at, at that that dinner scene, there was lo- there was a lot of stuff being bounced back and forth between everybody. But uh, one of the things that Lucy said also was that 
humans can't live in the present like other animals, so they invented hope. Mm-hmm. And that's such like a bleak, but probably true thought. Um, and she mentions that like happiness is as nuanced as unhappiness when it comes to families. Like everybody has their own type of happiness and, and unhappiness. Mm-hmm. Like we're all just, it's all in the in the details. Yeah, uh, Jake actually says that before oh, I'm sorry. before his parents come down because. That was he. That's right. She, he's retorting. Yeah. Yeah. He said that, and then she said, "I was talking about marriage," and then he was like, "Oh, they're coming down." And yeah. Just like yeah. There's a lot of those scenes where he just out like. Of the room. Yeah, he said they're coming down, and then they didn't come down yeah. for like another few minutes. Yeah, he, he like he waited there for like twenty seconds, awkwardly, yeah. just wanting to change the subject. So, what did you think about the name changing thing? Is that just like the memory being wrong, like not sure what the name was? So, after. Alex and I finished watching the movie. I immediately turned on like a YouTube, uh, you know, I'm thinking of anything explained, like breakdown, which is, I mean, only just one person's interpretation. But so I wasn't sure what to make of it. I actually wasn't sure what to make of most of it, especially since I didn't start coming up with more concrete ideas until like at least halfway through. Mm -hmm. But their thought, which I thought was interesting, is that it, it, if this is all him kind of thinking of an idealized version of his life right before he dies, um, <clears throat> that these are names of women who he either had relationships with or was just interested in. Or, or it could just be names that he likes. Well, because most of them, it's Lucy, Louisa, Lucia. Right. The only one, the the only ones that didn't fit were Amy or Ames, yeah. which he calls her only once, and then she goes yeah. Ames. That doesn't sound like my name. Yeah. Um, and then Yvonne, Yvonne which is yeah. like the character from that movie scene. Mm-hmm. So, I, I I mean I feel like Lucy Louisa Lu, Lucia really just sounds like he's kind of like I'm pretty sure it was something like that. It was like it was close to that. Uh, kind of not remembering. I don't know where I don't know where Ames fits in. Like that's just like a total departure but like the Yvonne is like the name of a character he liked in a movie kind of thing mm-hmm. I guess because that you even that that woman from the movie actually shows up in the car at one point for just yes. a brief moment and actually the the YouTube breakdown that I watched <clears throat> pointed out a lot of how like again if that line of thinking is correct in, in the interpretation about how it seems that it's a lot about how entertainment like movies and TVs and books frame the way that you think about your life. Uh, yeah. And all that stuff comes up a lot in his conversations too. And he's usually the one bringing it up. So, um, and they even said later in the film that TVs like movies and shows are pre-interpreted for us. Like mm-hmm. they're, it's infect it's TV is infecting us because it's pre-interpreting the ideas that it wants you to think. Yeah. Uh, and then everyone, you know, compares their life to what they see reflected on, on television. Yeah. I mean, I do that. We do that. We're doing it right now. We all do it. Yeah. This um, is the name of the show. Yeah. <laughs> um, I didn't really have, but I, yeah, I didn't really have a specific thought of my own on the different uh, names that she had. I have a thought about it um, that I'll get to in a moment when it goes, cause I want to, I want to kind of put it in context with everything else. Um, but one of the other things I, I had noted that I really liked 
I, I like I like the way this movie was shot a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, the, there were a lot of empty chairs. There were a lot of shots like toward emptiness that people kind of eventually walked into. But like there was a sh- there would be a shot of an empty chair that somebody would come to later, but it would hang there for quite a while before somebody would come, hmm. and you could still hear the conversation around the table, like the Invisible Man. Sort of, yeah, but you know, used in a slightly different way. Yeah. Uh, but I, I I like how like stark and empty a lot of the shots were, uh, and like I mean that, that that fits with the the emptiness of the the void outside the car as well while they were you know while they were driving. Yeah. I mean, there was a lot of emptiness the entire movie. Uh, the emptiness around the car, the emptiness in the house, the emptiness, like, yeah. the the ice cream stand is just in the middle of nothing. <laughs> right. um, there's no one else in the high school at the end. Uh, like a memory with no context around it. Yeah, or, or, or like a dream that just hasn't filled in details. Um, yeah. And even towards the end, there's this big feeling of like emptiness where as they're driving towards the school, it just keeps getting darker and darker and they just yeah. disappear into this darkness until you can barely see their faces. Did, um, so did when, when you finished this or when you got through this, was that, was that your initial feeling that this had happened in someone in his mind? Like that, or did you pick that up afterwards looking into stuff? Yes. Like that, that was my just initial thought that, um, okay. Cause it, it, there are a lot of hints in there that the janitor and Jake are the same person, the same person. Um, yeah. and because he was old, I thought, well, maybe like this ends with him dying. And these are like the way he's either remembering things or wishing things about his life. Uh, as you know his like final thoughts especially with the like you know they mention about how he wants an ideal girlfriend who can get him attention for what he's attained right and he keeps saying oh you know oh she she studies physics she's an artist she studies uh gerontology and and you know this is a person who doesn't exist clearly uh, because that person doesn't exist and, right. and she's a waitress as well, um, much <laughs> much like the character in the movie um, that he was watching, directed by Robert right. Zemeckis. So I took that as uh, I mean I, I definitely got a bit of that with the with the janitor like looking. I, I didn't necessarily think it was his last thoughts. I was thinking like he was just kind of watching. You know, he was in the high school, and then he kind of had this like long reminiscence of what his life was like or what it could have been like. Mm-hmm. Or whatever, um, with all of the with all of the discussion of dementia later. Actually, before they even mentioned the word dementia, I started getting this feeling that maybe what we're seeing is the world through the eyes of somebody with dementia, like hmm. forgetting people's names, seeing people appear seemingly appear out of nowhere because you've forgotten what happened in the last moment, seeing things change before you, forgetting people's names and whatnot. That was one of my first like trying to trying to guess at and chip away at the ideas here mm-hmm. and i and i don't know if that's where I don't, I don't think that's where i ended up at the end but i really like the idea of that being a possibility <laughs> you know mm-hmm. seeing things change so rapidly and like the idea of like dementia and alzheimer's really kind of 
is like one of the saddest things I can think of. It's also one of the and scariest things. Like, scary. I mean, it's definitely scary, but it's like one of the saddest things to imagine of like not, you know, we spend our lives like making memories and, mm-hmm. and then you just don't have them anywhere. The, the most basic things is really like just heartbreaking. Or, or you have no control over them or, or, or awareness yeah. that it's just a memory. Uh, do you, totally. Did you ever watch Castle Rock? The Hulu show? No, based but on the Stephen I've, King stories? No, but I've I've been told it was good. Uh so one of the I've only watched season one. Um and it's an anthology series, so season two is like a completely different cast of characters. But mm-hmm. in season one there's a character who has dementia and there's one episode from her point of view. And it's it's a really good mm-hmm. episode. Nice. Good to know. I would and also now that I know it's an anthology series, I feel a little better about jumping into it and being okay waiting until the next season. Yeah. Um, but but anyway, I think I've, I I think I came around to the to feeling that way of that it's in his head again. I don't I didn't get the idea that he was dying, but more just that he was looking back on his life at such a late point. And they even I mean they, they lay things out so much in this movie. Um, oh, one of the things I didn't say before is that. It's in square format, right? Is it? I didn't notice. Or almost square format. Yeah, like there's bars on either side uh, of the screen. And I was like, this. it's kind of like looking back, like watching an old film. So that was just kind of part of the aesthetic. But I like I liked that as like a device. Mm-hmm. But they even say that there's, I don't remember which character says it at the, at the point or if it matters there. But they say there's no no objective reality. Everything is tinged with color but there's no actual color in the universe. It's just the way things are being interpreted by us, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was definitely Jake. Cause okay. then uh, I forget what name, I think that's, that's the car ride back. So it's probably Ames at that point, but cause her response is, you know, I'm a physicist. I know how colors work, um, which is right. <laughs> another right. insane, uh, like area of study that she's an expert in. Um, <laughs> But yeah. Um. <clears throat> so one of the things that made that did that I was thinking that made me that made me think part of it was uh, dementia or Alzheimer's related was that Jake would just get angry sometimes and like like when he pounded the table or like he would just get kind of quickly angry and then come back and there's like I feel like there's there must be an anger and frustration in feeling like you don't have control or over your own mind or your memory and you can't remember things or things keep changing and you can't figure it out. So that was one of those things that kind of made me think, Oh, I wonder if maybe, but it it could, it could be the same thing with just like the, the memory of like looking back and just being angry at yourself or being angry with the situation, but literally not being able to do anything to change it because it already happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, actually one of the ways I related to Jake the most was during that dinner scene, uh, there were, as Lucy and his parents were talking, they kept forgetting words and getting facts wrong. And he, and he was, you know, he's just the type of personality that corrects people and just sitting, seeing him like sitting there doing it, like, like correcting them, but also like trying to bite his lip at some of it and just yeah. Seeing the frustration in his face at trying to hold it together, at hearing these inaccuracies. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I clearly am someone who 
corrects people a lot, but I also try to not do it a lot because I know yeah. it's annoying and a shitty thing to do. Uh, so I, I related. Well, you're, I mean, you're, we're not all a genius like you. <laughs> so, I mean, growing up, I always thought it said genius. Um, I think I did too. <laughs> and at one point, I, I think I was an adult before I was like, wait, that doesn't say genius mm-hmm. uh, on the Trivial Pursuit box. Um, there was some, I had something in mind about the fact that they were talking about the genus edition and then they were talking about, there was something related to like genus and species and class and kingdom and all that stuff that, uh, not, not, you know, not said outright, but like they were kind of talking about how we, uh, categorize things, I think. Mm-hmm. And I was like, and it was right around the time they were talking about genus. So I thought maybe that was, uh, put in there on purpose mm-hmm. as well. Uh, speaking of that dinner scene though, for a minute, the, when I started thinking it might be like a dream or in someone's head, something like that was during that dinner scene when there was all this immaculately crafted food on the table and no one was eating a thing. And then like there's the, the, the next scene, Lucy is clearing the table of full plates like nothing has been touched all the serving dishes are still completely full uh and it was just i mean it was very funny but it was also off enough that i was like i think this is in someone's head (laughs) also Um, apparently a detail i missed is that uh tony collette who just makes everything she's in better because she's wonderful uh, apparently, she said she is, isn't much of a cook. And then there's this full spread that also, it, it looked like a Norman Rockwell painting. Like yeah, table. it did a little bit. Um, but, so, but yeah, that that's when I was like, okay, this, is, this isn't this is just weird. This is something really. that, yeah, there's something that's yeah. going to be explained or made at least a little more clear later. And I think it was the mother who says, it'll be nice when I don't have to remember that I can't remember. Hmm. I don't remember that line. And I like, <laughs> and, I, I, and I really like that, um, that line. Cause it'll be like, it's had to be more, it's gotta be more frustrating to realize that you just cannot for the life of you remember something than it would be to just kind of live in like a, presumably it, it must be easier to just live when you're not sure you know, you don't even know that what you don't know. Mm-hmm. Ignorance, I suppose. Yeah. I mean, it can be bliss sometimes. Um, yeah. Also the diligence pin. Do <laughs> you think that related to anything? Yeah. So we, uh, we uh, paused it to, to take a look and, and see what it said. Uh, his mom did describe him as diligent. So, uh, and actually in that video that I watched, it, they said that there's, they mentioned at some point that he won a diligence oh, yeah. in school, which I completely well, missed that line. Well, because the mother was saying that he won another thing and he corrected her and said, no, I won the diligence pin, which basically means thanks for participating. Mm-hmm. Like you kept trying, you kept trying, but you didn't win. I can't remember what the other pin was, but he was, and then like in another scene, he was wearing the diligence mm-hmm. pin that he won when he was a kid. Yeah. And I was just wondering if that was like, well, even if, you know, you gotta, 
regardless of how things feel, you got to just keep on plugging away, even if you don't win at life. Yeah. I mean, I don't even know, man. Don't, <laughs> at, yeah. at one point, one of my notes is, I don't know how to write notes for this. Um, <laughs> yeah, this is the longest notes I've had, I have for, um, I've had for a movie for quite some time. Also, again, with that dinner scene, uh, I did like how, um, Lucy, like, again, with her tonal shifts, when she talks to Jake, she has very low energy. But during that dinner scene, when she's talking to his parents, she has very high energy and actually seemed to start taking on his mom's mannerisms and, like, uh, stutter when she speaks yeah. and, and things like that. Uh, which was another weird thing that, again, made me think it might not be real, that yeah. she's basically becoming his mom in, in one way or another. Um, I, I, I was starting to feel that like Lucy was the pin, like hmm. that was his award for, you know, his like award for trying at life because at one point she even, I think she said like Jake is, you know, he's just, I'm just a trophy to him. I am just look at, look at my girlfriend, look what I won. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so like I, and I had, I immediately like related that to the, to the pin that they were just talking about him winning just for participating. Hmm. Like everybody gets something. Yeah. And then it ends with, which is quite a reduc reductionist way of looking at the, your girlfriend or wife or whoever she ends up being. Yeah. And then it ends with him getting an award or imagining an award, which right. I, when I was watching it, I was like, is this, the same like speech from uh, a beautiful mind. And apparently oh. it is, it's been a long, I thought it was the Dustbuster Olympics from sleepwalk with me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I got first place, which uh, again is just a, another instance of using movies to uh, influence the, the way you think or, or hope your, what your life can be. Um, yeah, I didn't know that about the a beautiful mind thing. So now I'm actually curious, like what they use. Uh, actually, the the po the poem that we talked about in the beginning, like that is a poem from, like they they from someone else. You know, like that's mm -hmm. somebody else's poem. That's not her poem. Um, and like she reads in the book when she gets to the house, like she starts looking, she starts reading the like opening a, a book of poetry and reads the poem that she recited as her own. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah. Um, but I mean, then other weird things happen too, where the paintings she says that she painted are in the basement and he with his name it. on them. Yeah. yeah. Well, it, it's like there are the real ones on the wall with an actual artist name attached to it. And then the copies that Jake tried to do with his name yeah. signed on it. Um, but again, yeah, it's all the lie of it all, she yeah. says. Well, I mean, it, it's well, that's also when she brings up the idea that uh, no one is actually themselves. They just get their ideas from what they read and see what from, they consume. From, from other people. Yeah. Like uh, cliches, too. Yeah. Like that. That's not your opinion. That that was someone else's opinion that you took on uh, yourself, which I mean, I totally I, I do relate to that idea. Yeah, and, me too. And sometimes I wonder if an opinion I have on something is something I read somewhere uh, and, and just don't <laughs> yeah, I remember. Mean, yeah, actually, that's actually if you want to if you want to put it in that 
context, that's very that's probably very much true of what a lot of us do in general. We read something and then we we say we decide that we have the opinion on it, but really we just have something we read that we agree with and we parrot that as our opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I hope I hope to try. I mean, I tried to be better than that, but I, I'm definitely guilty of that. Yeah, I first noticed it in myself watching John Stewart when I was in college, and I realized like. And it wasn't because I was stealing an opinion from someone. It was because someone was saying something I agreed with. And so, but they put it in a succinct enough way that I could just pair this. And it is how I feel about it, but it's someone else's words. And actually, Lucy points out that uh, the the way she was stating it was like an Oscar Wilde quote or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, just to put the cherry on top of that thought. Um, but yeah, I... I I uh, very clearly just like taking Charlie Kaufman's route and meshing uh, the review with all of the uh, lessons and stuff. That's one of the things I, I related to most in, in the movie. So she when she, when Lucy mentions the lie of it all, she's she she mentions that like hope is the lie that we're all fed, like that there is no hope and that time is kind of a kind of a lie as well. Yeah, that we're kind of just experiencing circle. it. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, it's just, there's just so, there's so much going on in this film. Like, there, if you dig into all the dialogue, yeah. there's just a lot. I mean, I want to read the book. <laughs> just, uh, like I said, uh, when you mentioned watching it in the first place, I didn't know offhand that it was a book. But like two weeks ago, I was going through my Amazon wish lists just to like clean them up and compile them into like one succinct list. And, mm-hmm. and the book was on there. So, and I don't remember hearing about the book. I don't know why, where I heard about it, why I added it, but I, I still haven't read it. I think I just deleted it because I'm, mm-hmm. I, I would like to read it, but I'm probably just not going to get around to it. Uh, yeah. so I'm not going to spend, you know, 1299 on it, but, um, I'm sure it's an interesting read. Uh, but just to, you were just talking about how much there's, how much stuff there is in this movie. The explained video that I watched is like mm-hmm. 35 minutes long. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, we don't have to watch this whole thing. And then I just didn't turn it off and watch the whole thing. But <laughs> yeah, it, it goes into a lot of detail about his opinions on what things mean. I, but there's a ton of them. Like I looked yeah. up explained videos and it was just so many videos and the shortest ones are like 15 minutes. Yeah. There's a lot to explain here. Yeah. Um, but when they're, and when they start driving home finally in the snow, um, after, after she goes into the basement, which <laughs> yeah, like, cause, uh, he didn't want her to go into the basement. He didn't like the basement. Uh, yeah, and as soon as she started walking down into the basement, he was like, "Hey, we gotta go. It's snowing." Right. <laughs> um, which she's been saying the whole night. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but uh, she says, "Like you're kind of realizing this is the like the last time you'll be together." And do you have any regrets? Like I, I, th- I was thinking, like that had to do with like looking back and like thinking, "Do you have any regrets knowing that this is like the last time I'm going to spend any time with you? Like this is the last car ride. As soon as you drop me off, we're not going to be together anymore." Um, and she, I think she says time softens the harder edges and that's Mm -hmm. like very much like 
goes to being inside someone's head like you're looking back at something with like more fondness and you get rid of some of the things that you didn't like about somebody and you idealize people and things right you're also slowly replacing that memory every time you think about it as well right but yeah um yeah i i mean like you said that just goes back in hand with the idea that he's kind of doing his I wish this was my life kind of thing or convincing himself that this was his life uh and I think I mean we've obviously all had those thoughts of uh remember this one instance what if it were more like this and just kind of taking the moment to enjoy the idealized version but yeah but um I don't know what do you do when you can't tell that that's not the real version anymore right well I mean, maybe that's kind of a, maybe that's kind of a human psychological defense mechanism, kind of like they say that uh, the reason babies are cute is so the species continued and parents (laughs) didn't kill them when they cried all the time. Um, You know, like kind of having this ability for your brain to like block out the horrible things you know, and not everybody has that, obviously, and not all situations can be applied there, but uh, being able to not realize how, like, uh, you know, how many things have hurt you over your life is the only thing that, that actually allows you to move on and have that potential for hope that the future could be good or better in some way. So, like, we have this view of, like, looking looking back, we look at it rosier than it, than it ever was. And looking forward, we have this hope that it's going to be better than it ever probably can be. Yeah, even though hope is so, like the, the big lie. The past and the future, it's all it's all the same. There, you know, <laughs> you know, and and even the girl at the the uh, Sunday shop says you don't have time. to go forward in time. Yeah, you could just stay right here. You can just stay here. Yeah, like you don't have to move beyond this part. You can just stay. And I took that to mean that kind of like in in Eternal Sunshine or or something where it's like you don't want to lose this or you don't want what's about to happen. When the the house is breaking down? Yeah, and but you know what's about to happen, so just stay here and and don't worry. Stay in the good memory for a little longer. Yeah, like like, so I I thought that they were going to – come upon some memory that was extraordinarily traumatic or, or something mm-hmm. um, or that, you know, there was going to be an accident or something. Cause those roads as, yeah. as the Sunday girl put it are treacherous. Those were yeah. insanely, insanely snowy roads. Um, but as it turns out, there were no roads Yeah, where they went. <laughs> they didn't need roads. Although I did write down uh, the roads are nowhere but they all go somewhere sooner or later they reach their destination. Um, <laughs> I don't like that your notes are so poetic and mine are just like <laughs> diligence question mark. I mean, those are, those are <laughs> most of my notes. I just, some ideas are harder to get down uh, without. <laughs> I would definitely get the diligence pin in this one. And you would be winning the trophy. I mean, I have a note that just says diligence. <laughs> so, uh, which is um, right before, my note that said, I don't know how to write notes for this. Apparently you do, from what I've heard. And below the note that said, this role feels tailor-made for Tony Collette. It was old Jake? No, it, was, it must have been young Jake. So, somebody in, in, in the, the cast said, 
old people are the ash heap of youth. Mm. It's probably Lucy. She said all the poignant lines for the most part. Right. Jake got a few. I feel like we should point out if anyone's still listening and able to follow uh, what we're talking about. Um, we keep talking about Jake like he's the main character, which essentially he is. But for the first like seven eighths of the movie until the very end, you're actually following Lucy and her thoughts and she's narrating it. Uh, yeah. Even though it's really more about Jake. Um, it kind of fools you into believing this other person is the protagonist, um, mm-hmm. which makes it even more difficult, I think, to follow because she keeps changing tonally and her name keeps changing and like all the details about who she is and what she does keep changing. And so that's part of what makes the movie so challenging is that the person you're following and, and trying to pay attention to isn't the important one. Uh, yeah. It's the other one who, who you are getting all of this specific information about and, yeah. and taking in and you kind of don't realize that's what's happening uh, mm-hmm. because you're getting it through her eyes. But she even says, I think that she, I think again, I, I never remember who says what, but I, <laughs> somebody says uh, like everything is the same. Like every, everyone, everything, we're all a part of the same, basically saying like universality, like we're all, stardust whatever yeah um so that also kind of lends to like everybody in this cast is just the same like they're all the same person just being i I, I had i had a brief thought of schizophrenia but Mm -hmm. um because she kind of changed her voice very strongly at one point and i was like well that could be what's going on with her but i think the 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 thoughts in his head are much more plausible yeah well Speaking of schizophrenia, I think it's the animated pig who says that. Oh, yeah. I think so. I think that's that's at least when it comes up. I don't know if it's like a Jake narration or something. I can't remember. But okay. I, or, or there are a lot of lines in this movie where they just kind of re-bring up ideas that have already been talked about some. So it, they could have just been reiterating it when the animated pig showed up as well. But yeah. Yeah. And old Jake is walking naked through the school. Yeah. Well, I feel like that might be a good place to take a break. We've been kind of jumping around between things anyway, but uh, unless you have something else that doesn't pertain to potential lessons. It's it's tough to separate them with yeah, this. It is. I, yeah, I, I, I just say we take a break. I need, right. I need more water anyway. Fair enough. We'll be RB. <laughs> Where were we? We were right here. <clears throat> that's, um, that's true. Let me, where were you? Let me get comfy cozy. Get in position. Okay. Lessons from a film and, that takes place inside someone's mind. And we're back. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I didn't know you were doing the scrubs thing. <laughs> yeah. I feel like we've touched on a lot of them. Yeah, we have. I wrote some stuff down, though, that... 
at the, at the end of the movie, uh, Jake says logic can only be found in love, which I thought was an interesting statement. I'm pretty sure that is from... It's uh, all Jake. A, a Beautiful Mind. Really? Because that's during the speech he's giving. And... Well, now I'm curious about all these things that are being stolen from other movies. We should have looked that up. <laughs> Logic and Love, Analysis of John Nash's Nobel Prize Speech in a Beautiful Mind. So, yeah. So, I guess that's just another example of uh, us taking poignant things we find in movies and applying them to uh, our lives. Mm-hmm. Um, also, before we get into more lessons, I, want, I forgot to bring this up earlier. I think we've had this conversation before, but didn't we have the conversation about if anything, if several means three things or if it means four or more things? Uh, I don't know if we have or not, but I don't know. Look it up. Exactly. I like that they brought that up and it reminded me of a conversation we had had. Uh, I mean, it sounds like something we would talk about. I just don't remember if we did. Yeah. Um, But I wrote down that we have invented hope to escape loneliness of repetition and just overall meaninglessness in life. And that's not really a lesson. It's probably <laughs> not too, it's probably not great to dwell on that idea for too long, but, uh, I do like that the idea that's brought up in this movie about that. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you subtract the, we invented it part, then it is a, a fairly decent life lesson. That, oh, it can be a hopeful if, thing. Yeah, that if you have hope, it's it true. can serve you very well through through tough moments. I, I just finished reading um, <clears throat> uh, Jonathan Van Ness's memoir, um, Jonathan from Queer Eye on Netflix. And he's been through a lot of awful crap, but it seems like at, at all points he was able to find like a good amount of hope that things will change at mm-hmm. at some point. Um, and yes, so, us, us humans are a hopeful bunch. So, yeah. So, uh, that idea has been on my mind recently since I just finished that book, like a, a week or so ago. And I think it's just a good, good lesson. If you can, if you can hold on to hope, you can hold on through, through much of life. Yeah. I think just generally like, you know, like the idea where they say like, if you force a smile, like if if you force yourself to smile, you will like start be, you will potentially be in a better mood just by the act of smiling mm-hmm. or like just by taking a moment and thinking of something that makes you, that puts you in a slightly better mood, you know, just by being mindful. Yeah. Find your happy place. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, just choose to be in a good mood and be in a good mood. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, like there, I, I think there's definitely a lot of truth to that. Like just trying to look on the bright side and trying to be trying to see the good in, in things, even when bad things happen and just try to look on the bright side of, of life in general is helpful to overcome the seeming meaninglessness of life, especially in our current repetitive times. Yeah. Uh, I mean, like, like they say in Peter Pan, just think a happy little thought. Yeah. Um, and it's, I mean, it's, it's not really one of the bigger themes of, of the movie though, but it's still, I think, and, and 
we've talked about it before, I think, as you referenced our uh, Quiet Place episode. Um, <laughs> but it's always worth repeating to uh, keep hope alive if you can. I think Jake is a little bit hopeful, or even in, if if this is all in his mind, he is being a little bit hopeful with his memories. Like he's like almost actively changing them to kind of keep the negative stuff away. Like whenever she asks too many questions about things he doesn't want to talk about, he will very quickly like cut her off and be like, "Here they come! They're coming down the stairs!" You know, like he doesn't get into a lot of the dark stuff with her when she wants to. He intentionally avoids it. Um, so it's almost like two different, two opposing sides of his mind that like some of them want to go down the dark paths and down the stairs to the basement. And the other part of his mind wants to keep his thoughts in the, you know, generally happy, happy place. Um, like it's almost like he's like kind of push her in some scenarios to say, to, to like push her to agree with him that they're doing well or like that she's trying to convince her that she likes him even if in her brain she's saying, I'm going to end things, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, Although he does uh, keep, you know, the memory of his dad's dementia and his, like, needing to take care of his sick mother, uh, which which are not easy memories for him. No, um, but that reminds me, uh, when um, Lucy comes and says, it's really sweet that you you know, are, you're so gentle with your mother and you take care of her. And he says, he thanks her and says, sometimes it feels like no one sees the good things you do. Mm. And that that's a poignant thing that he said to her that I forgot to mention earlier, but I think it fits more here. Like sometimes, yeah, of course, doing things when nobody's noticing is good character. But like sometimes you just want people to acknowledge that you are a good person and like, re like reinforce that what you already believe about yourself or hopefully believe about yourself being a good person. Yeah. Uh, not, not that that is driving your good deeds, but sometimes it is nice to be recognized for doing something. Yeah. Well, I mean, because being a good person is hard work and like it, it takes personal sacrifice often. So like diligence, yeah. Like if, if you keep giving of yourself, uh, without getting those like positive emotions back at you, which, you know, when you're taking yeah. care of your sick mother and have a father with dementia, like it's going to be very hard for them to pay you back with yeah. happiness. Uh, yeah. It's gonna, there's going to be a lot of uh, anger and misunderstandings and confusion and probably, you know, and that, that I'm sure that's hard to take. So having someone on the outside of it, mm-hmm. Uh, appreciate that you're that you're doing it is i'm sure very helpful yeah because otherwise like in that situation it's it's you can be happy with yourself that you did a good job but the situation itself is just going to bring you down yeah Um, i mean it's literally going to be a thankless job mm -hmm. uh so yeah getting acknowledgement knowing that someone is happy with who you are uh is a, a pretty good feeling although that is when uh lucy starts questioning whether her purpose is to uh be like the person who sees jake him for, right for, yeah like for whatever he however he wants to be seen and then questions right. if she's just a trophy to him 
but that's I completely forgot about that line. I'm glad you remembered it. I should mm-hmm. I should have wrote it down. Uh, that was that's a good lesson. Definitely, it might be reaching for like a kind of a cliche metaphor a little bit, but I feel like one of the big lessons here is probably like try to live the kind of life that you can look back on and be happy with, you know, Mm -hmm. like everybody's going to have regrets and everybody's going to have things they wish they had done differently. And then we're going to look back on some of those things with rose colored glasses and see them differently in our memories. But if we do our best to live a good enough life, then, you know, whether it's thankless or, you know, you're probably going to have people in your life that will appreciate you for who you are and what you've done, you know, give you that positive reinforcement as well. But then when you're able to look back on those times, if you had love in your life and you had people and you had good experiences, then when when you're old and looking back at all these things like he was, you should be able to, you know, look back with you know fondly mm-hmm. yeah I, I mean it also j- just having like this the strength because that's what it takes to look back on your life realistically uh, yeah and and not fill in those gaps uh with better stuff although to be honest if these are his last thoughts before he's dying who cares? <laughs> like you're, you're not going to hurt yourself. Uh, yeah, if, if, if those so. are your last thoughts before dying, you're just going to die with, uh-huh. with, with some happy thoughts. Uh, but if that's not the case, being realistic is just good overall. The, f- the, the fact that it wasn't realistic is why it felt so creepy to watch. <laughs> like the, 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 the things that felt false made it scary. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I mean, I don't think that that lesson is necessarily part of the movie, but yeah. I mean, it could also go ahead. No, I was just going to say, you know, but it's, I think it's fairly important. Um, I was thinking that could also be like a reference to like uh, PTSD or something similar to where like the certain memories that you're trying to keep your, your mind from going to, if something triggers you to go back to those memories, uh, you know, there's, there's dark things in the basement or whatever you know, that's your mind is pulling you and another part of your mind is really just trying to keep you in one, in the other room where things are bright and, and happy. And, you know, uh, I think that could, that could go along with the, the idea of the, of being in someone's mind and seeing like how the brain is working to try to keep itself at an even keel. Yeah. And just the frustration and struggle uh, of uh, trying to keep yourself out of, out of that basement, uh, yeah, and and in the discomfort uh, of remembering those things, uh, which are usually like it wasn't even an, an event that he was trying to hide from himself. It was the fact that he, like he feels like he has no talent, right? Uh, mm-hmm. And then he's not good at anything. So what's in the basement? But him trying to imitate people who are good at something, and then yeah. insecurity. And uh, actually, the imitations pretty okay. Uh, yeah. But I'm sure he didn't think that they were. Uh, yeah. Of course, his perception of, of it. Of course, we we could we're seeing the way he's thinking about his painting. So right. much much like he he 
during that dinner where he's correcting everyone, he's giving a, a lot of intelligent information about stuff. But I mean, hmm. who knows if that's actual information that he has. Or he had at the time. Yeah. <laughs> um, to go along with what I said before, I think another another little lesson that could go along with try to live a good life so you can look back on it later is to look back often, mm. um, experience things, experience, like, you know, look back on your past and look back on the, your recent past, not only just to enjoy it, but to like, evaluate it, I guess, mm -hmm. and figure out how to live better going forward. If you can, um, just, you know, keep a, keep an eye on yourself, I guess. So you can only, you can always make yourself a little bit better. Try to be better the next, the next day. But, uh, yeah, like not, not so much, not to say to live in the past, but to learn from the past, I guess. Yeah. Or, or just to, um, like you said, to like evaluate mm -hmm. who you are, who you've been, what you, what you've done. And who you want to be. And like sometimes, or, or even to find things that you forget that you did, or maybe you are closer to who you yeah. want to be than than you think you are and even maybe just to appreciate it while you can before you forget it oh sure you know, before dementia <laughs> that, that that too uh i think we all have tend to have that fear every once in a while i i assume uh of i i don't want to lose this memory um yeah uh but i mean sometimes it's good to like you said not to get lost in the nostalgia of it but i like thinking back on things that I've done and thinking, oh hey, I I did that. That yeah. that's you know I got to you know we got to open for the Ataris. You know, yeah, that was <laughs> that was awesome. Yeah, like I I don't want oh. that to become like a, a glory days story. You know, where it's like yeah. ah when I was young I got to <laughs> do this and don't you think I'm a cool rock star because of it? But no, I was like I got to open for a band that I enjoy and that was really cool. Yeah. And I don't think about it too often, but every once in a while, it's just nice to be like, hey, I accomplished that. Yeah. Make sure, like, those are those are the important pins, trophies, awards, whatever. <laughs> like, the, like, being able to look back at things that you've done and realize that you've done great things or you've accomplished things that you set out to do and you can do it again. Yeah. And even those tough things like him having to take care of his mom like that again uh without someone from the outside encouraging you like bringing you back up from the down uh, downward path that is watching someone you love like slowly go uh it's it's not something you're going to look back on fondly but don't 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 forget those things too i mean it, all, all, all of these lessons sound like they're all like dancing around the, the same ideas, but. Well, I mean, that's like time is a flat circle kind of thing where there's, uh, you know, you're, you're returning that favor. You're returning that, like, you know, what your parents did for you when you were younger, you know, like you are taking care of them when they can't take care of themselves kind of circle of life stuff. Mm -hmm. It's just how it. Just how it works. And actually, she, um, Lucy even commends him for not just sticking her in a, in a home and actually yeah. taking care of her himself. 
Um, yeah. She says that like our elderly are disposable. Mm-hmm. Uh, which, you know, not true. And then, and then the mother comes by and says, I don't want to be disposed of or something like that. She said, I don't want to be disposable. <laughs> I remember like she, with such like fear in her voice. Yeah. Well, Tony Collette is great. Um, yeah. <laughs> trying to see if I have any, anything else written down. Oh, his, his memories of his dad are fairly interesting. Speaking of, you know, just looking back on your life and, and trying to live it in such a way that it's a happy one. You should also maybe try to live it in a way that when other people look back at your role in their life, uh, it's a happy one because as, and, and I, this can also go back to, um, him wanting a girlfriend that gets him accolades for, for getting her. But when he introduces Lucy to his dad, his dad doesn't even look at him. She's, he's just looking at her and he seems to not be great at paying attention to the person he's talking to. Like there are a few times where he's looking at someone else, but like looking at one person, but talking to someone else, uh, yep. which was a little off-putting, but I mean, you, you don't want that to be the way people think of you when they're thinking about right. their life. Um, yeah, that's actually a very good point. <laughs> so yeah, I think that's a good one. And he basically thought of his dad as an idiot. And I don't know if that was to make himself feel better or if his dad actually had, you know, problems with his imagination essentially. But he, he, his dad was not necessarily depicted in a very positive light. Although, although his mom was depicted as being kind of flighty too, but uh, yeah, definitely things were enhanced. Yeah. So, yeah. So add, yeah. adding on, try to make people think of you fondly. Yeah, I think that. I mean, I think that that wraps it up for what I have. I, there, there was a lot of stuff here to go through, and I think we we got through it pretty well. I think we waded into the waters. I'm sure there's way more beyond this that we could uh, we could find if we looked. But uh, absolutely, I think we definitely scratched the surface quite a bit. I agree. All right. Well. Well, I hope hope you've enjoyed <laughs> this far, and thanks for making it this far. If you have. If you have. If you haven't, you're not hearing this. Um, so uh, if you want to write us a letter about how good this episode was and <laughs> what your theories are, uh, you can send us an email over at imitatingart1 at gmail.com. And you can find us on social media at uh, imitatingartpod on Twitter and Instagram. Yeah. Uh, if you want to find me individually, you can hit me up at Big moose, spelled exactly like it sounds. Uh, on the social medias, uh, yeah. And you can find me at Instagram, uh, at Don't Worry, I'm Finite, or on YouTube at uh, youtube.com slash Don't Worry, I'm Finite. Thanks for sticking around. Yeah. It's been actual. It, it's been real. See you next Tuesday. Bye. <laughs>
Don and Chuck will return in Imitating Art with Don and Chuck.